Hello, it's Beth Kempton, author of Freedom Seeker and founder of Do What You Love. Welcome to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. If you're new here, you can find out more about me and my work at bethkempton.com. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles is a place for brave stories, real inspiration, actionable advice, and great conversations. So many of us build lives that end up trapping us, chasing the kind of success that doesn't actually make us happy, until one day we eventually realize that enough is enough. We want to do things our way. We want to manifest our own happiness. We want to escape, make our own rules, and fly free. Because deep down we know it's in flying free that we fulfill our true potential and we really come alive. The Freedom Seeker Chronicles podcast is a regular dose of escape elixir to reignite that desire and light the way. I define freedom as the willingness and ability to choose your path and live life as your true self. In this podcast, the stories will inspire that willingness and in my book, Freedom Seeker, you'll find all the tools you need for that ability. The rest is up to you. If you haven't yet read my book, you can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble and all good independent bookstores. It's the perfect companion to this podcast. And if you've read it and you're here for more inspiring stories, welcome friend, you're in for a treat. So let's dive in. Losing her job in her late 20s turned out to be a blessing in disguise for today's guest, Kerry Roy. She saw it as a sign that she should follow her dream to create an off-grid glamping site. Inspired by her world travels, Kerry and her partner Dave created Camp Katur, named after the Icelandic word for happy. They created it in the grounds of a beautiful country estate in Yorkshire, here in the UK. And having made a success of that business, Kerry and Dave are now beginning a new chapter in Abruzzo, Italy, with the establishment of their own venue. Kerry's story appears in my book, Freedom Seeker, but I love talking to her so much because she's a wise, funny and super smart woman. I decided I'd invite her onto the show to share more of how she has brought her dreams to life. Get ready to be inspired. Hi, Kerry. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. I'm so glad to catch you in the middle of all your crazy travels, just back from three weeks on the road in a van, right? I have, yeah, we've been in our camper van around um, parts of Europe and Spain, so it's been lovely. Work-life balance. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, let's get started straight away. I want to jump in at the point that was a real catalyst in your life. Um, Let's go back to the day that you got made redundant. Can you tell us about that? What you were thinking and feeling when you got told the news um, and and how, how you dealt with what is really what at the time was a major blow to you i think well, firstly um for a while i've i'd wanted to get out of the um the career path that i was in anyway in the big corporate world um so when the redundancy did come along and there was talk of the company restructure and that they would be letting some people go uh first my first thought was disappointment really and would I be one of the first out the door or would they want to keep me um and I think that was mainly down to just you know your personal achievement your personal skills um have I performed better than the others who's who's the first out the door I think is is what you think um I was lucky enough to 
be told that I could keep a role, but I would have had to relocate and with less money, etc. And when I did all the figures, um, as much as I wanted to live in London and experience that London lifestyle, it, I'd have just ended up being worse off. I'd have, I'd have probably been worse off than I was actually as a student. And after a couple of days, it didn't take me long just to think, do you know what? No, I'm going to take the option of voluntary redundancy because now it's the perfect time to then set up my own thing. And and after that, the, the disappointment side and the worry didn't last long at all. I was more excited then about the potential opportunities that I've got for the future and already looking into glamping anyway um, around that time I knew that there was still a massive gap in the market up north and especially particularly Yorkshire uh, with it being the biggest county and and lots here to do so I took the voluntary redundancy and then I did um, work another job for a year that job um you know, I did use, I used the job basically. I knew all along I was setting up this business now because and, and there was no stopping me, but still I needed an income until um, it was flourishing really, until it started. And within that year, I managed to run um, a full, set up the business and actually work full time as well until it came to a point where, you know, trying to juggle both and lie into your colleagues and your boss and everything else just became a bit too difficult and made me feel sick, if anything. And 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 um, then at the end, we was almost about to open. Stupidly, I thought I'd probably be able to manage the two, which looking back now, there's not a chance because uh, it's a very demanding business, uh, hospitality, especially when we are open. And um, the the relief off my shoulders was just massive. I had um, bad tummy for months with worry, you know, trying to juggle the, the two. All of that just went and I was able to literally concentrate 150% on just aiming and doing my business. And, and it's the best thing I've ever done. That's fantastic. So did you have that idea at the time um, that the redundancy conversations were going on? Did you already know what you wanted to do but you just didn't because you had a job or how was that? Yeah, so I'd had, I mean, for many years, I'd say most of my life, really, even at school, I always aimed to and aspired to set up my own business. Um, and I always used to be the one that coming up with ideas and some of my friends were like, oh my God, you know, another idea. But for me, you know, I, I didn't come from any parents that have money or rich background. There's, there's none of that in the family. So a lot of it was the scare of money, you know, where am I going to find the finances? Um, I didn't really want to get into bank loans and all the rest of it. I did do business studies and marketing. So I did gain a good business acumen and also working in the role that I did in the corporate world, I feel really helped me um, gain more insight into individuals actually that had that set up their own business. And I often had list, loved to listen to their pains, you know, the, the, the freedom that they actually have. The, the, there's, the, there's the highs and the lows in anything and there certainly is in business. But just to have that that freedom and flexibility um, was a key thing. And and to have the freedom to just run it and it be their own really inspired me. And along with that, I learned a lot more about how to deal with a a small business enterprise. Um, So, yeah, I've always 
I've always known that I want to do it and it's always been and I've always looked then in the background or I'd be on Google and looking and me and my partner did start to go and look at land to buy land um, probably about a year before I actually was made redundant so I would have if I wasn't made redundant at some point I would have definitely left Um, for me it was just making sure the finances were in place and and I don't like not providing for myself so I was you know Dave did help me um, in the initial stages I've made sure everything was paid back literally within the next year so and I don't like to owe to anybody so for me it was a lot about you know starting up but not being reliant on somebody else all the time and and if it did go wrong obviously for anybody starting it there is that risk of failure and but then I just think well at least I've tried there's so many people out there that constantly say no I wish to do this I want to do that and I think if you haven't tried then how do you know at least I've tried and and if it does fail, then I've tried. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's gone amazingly. Um, for it's, it's interesting that you raise the topic of money because setting up a glamping site isn't cheap, right? Um, no. Can you just talk us through how you made that happen? Because um, I think you have a brilliant way of bringing other people into your dreams. Um, and a lot of other people were involved, weren't they, in, in getting it off the ground? Yeah. Definitely. We had a mass amount of help from family and friends. I can't thank, um, you know, enough. We'll all forever be indebted to them. I think they're all looking forward to the setup in Italy now as a free holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that saved a lot of money. Um, we had our first house was on the market for quite some time, longer than we expected. And, and we were also living in another property at the time. So the sale of that house actually came, you know, finally it sold within four years it took, but it actually came at the time of setting up the business. So that was perfect timing to actually take a bit of money from as well. Um, and, and Dave did lend me um, a bit of the cash and also I took it from redundancy and savings. And the rest of it, I mean, it's a, a lot bigger now. I started with six units. I've now got 15 and this is our fourth um, season. So by no means have I set it all up from day one. We've, we've done small for what we can afford. We've got the business in. We marketed it six months before we even opened. So that helped a lot. And um, we've just literally done it stage by stage. So every year we are constantly just adding and adding, but just in small pockets. And as I say, Rome wasn't built in a day. And and by going too fast, it will lead to quick failure. So for us, it is just about sustaining it and making sure we've constantly got the right cash flow in place. Yeah. And how do you make those decisions about when to when to keep like when to grow the next piece of it? What, What's your attitude to risk in terms of money? <laughs> Can we afford it yet? Okay, let's do yeah, it. The finance. <laughs> um, bookings, so a lot of it is based on demand. Um, our, our weekends are just fully booked. Our weekends are actually almost fully booked now for the, all of this season already. Um, and it's a case of trying to build up midweek. So we know that we have the demand there to add in more. Um, and then it's also just looking at, you know, the costs and, and can we sustain it as a business without having to borrow, really. One day we might have to borrow because we have got bigger plans for the current site. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a risk taker, but I'm a calculated risk taker, especially when it comes to business and, and stuff like that, where it actually might affect and, and where we lose it all because that's not what I want to do. So, um, yeah. 
And it's called Camp Kato, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, some say Kato or some say Kato. So Camp Kato. Camp Kato, which is Icelandic for happy. It is, where, yeah. Where did that come from? It's a beautiful name. Um, Dave has um, a few, he has his own IT company and he has some clients in Iceland. So often when he's out there, um, they're very outdoorsy people. Um, a lot of the colleagues are always, you know, in the outdoors, loving camping, etc. And, and he just um, remembered that he heard that name a lot. He heard the word couture quite a lot. And and then he just said, you know, couture, it means happy in Iceland and they're outdoors. So we then came up with the, you know, come and discover your outdoor happiness because of all the activities that are on the estate. Um, there's such a mixture of things to do. So, yeah, it just it fit in well and it's a bit different. <laughs> We've got so many people call it juicy couture. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> is that even around anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Don't go around in pink tracksuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how much of that translates into the experience that your customers have and, and what kind of role do you play in that? Because essentially it is, like you said, it's hospitality. It's, you know, it's kind of brick and mortar. Then the, your unit is glamping, so it's not made of brick and mortar, but it's very much a physical location. And you're talking about booking people in for room nights and things, but they're real people taking a break yeah. from their lives, coming to your beautiful place to to rest or play or whatever it is they're coming for. How do you look at those people and and what do you do to to help them have that happy experience when they're in your hands i mean uh for us there's i mean this glamping now is uh, the uk is the biggest um glamping market in the world at the moment it's, it's just booming um and constantly the sites are opening up behind around us but you know so we have got that constant element of you keeping up with your competitors and offering something different we're very lucky um because location location is key uh, where we are it's a beautiful estate there's such variation of um grounds and wildlife and walks and so people can come they can park the car we're not far from a lot of places so most of our actual customer base comes from Leeds which is a 40 minute drive 40 50 minute drive and people just want to come they don't want to travel too far on a Friday they want to come put the bags down but feel like they're a million miles away and that's what we get told often is they just feel that they're switched off from it all and another thing is the um, no electricity we don't have electricity and something I'd prefer to have electricity because I can have it make it look more aesthetically pleasing and obviously you know you providing better heating and what have you but on a positive we've realized actually if I got electricity people would come with the phones the kids that have their iPads on charge and the what we've got now that that speciality is that they don't have all of the technology and they learn how to actually live without it and play games and sit around the campfire and actually chat to each other and go for walks and do things as a family and I love more than anything when I see three generations of family come to stay for a birthday or a celebration and you've got the grandparents you know the parents and and the grandchildren and they're all together eating playing 24 7 and you just don't get that as much in our country anymore. Um, you do still in parts of Europe because they shut down. But here it is a rat race. Um, and, and that for us is really special that we've got something for everyone. They can do activities. 
they can relax, they can walk, they can explore the local area, but they can also come together at the end of the day and, and you know, laugh and chat about what they've done and, and just have a good time and reconnect really is the big thing. And that sounds wonderful and I can't wait to come and stay sometime. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I've not got there yet. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested in how you make sure that you do all those things as well because so often and this is something I found with my business do what you love there are moments that I'm you know that everything t- takes over and I'm like hang on what am I doing I'm not loving this day today um yeah. I'm you know this is ironic because I'm sharing this thing as my business and yet I'm not living that every single day and you know I obviously try and it's a work in progress but there are those times and how about you because I know that you're often frantically busy which is kind of an irony in the middle of all that, you know, that haven of peace. So how do you make sure that you get that time and space as well? I, unfortunately, when I set the business up, I had this, um, I had this vision of me being down on the camp, you know, doing the painting, doing the pottering, all the pretty things, you know, upcycling bits and spending so much time with my customers and just chatting with people. But it's far from that because for me, a lot of my time is spent behind the computer um, a lot of it's managing my team and I very rarely unfortunately get to see my customers and a lot of that is down to the fact that I don't actually live on the site because it's somebody else's estate so I'm hoping when we're in Italy I can have that more personal interaction but along with that when you put in more personal interaction you're not getting the rest of your business done and the development side so it's a fine line between spending too much time with your customers and your guests and then, you know, driving yourself mad because you're then sat every night because because you've spent too much time just chatting. And to run a successful business, you have to be strict and it has to be that, you know, what comes first is the, is the business as well as, as the customer. So I've, I've, you know, Nicola, my manager, and I've got wardens, that they, they spend that time with them. Um, and for me... A lot of it now is um, managing. I can go in this week, you know, you'll have a plan. You're probably saying you have a daily plan and write it down and it can go completely out the window. That's what frustrates me more than anything is then because your work's piling up, you're piling up, you get home. And that yoga class I wanted to go to or that cycle ride, which is only an hour from work. I haven't because I needed to spend that extra hour, um, you know, catching up on where I'd lost it earlier on in the day. And that is what I do find frustrating. And people say, you know, yeah, we do travel a lot and we've got because winter is our time to travel and just not have to think, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. We do dip in and out of work because I need to and I like, I enjoy it. Um, but very rarely, we have no routine in life. It's funny, actually, we're trying to do this Joe Wicks cookbook at the moment, you know, where you eat all and and. I bought this book six months ago and we worked out the other week that we've only actually done a solid three weeks of it in six months because we have no routine mm-hmm. because either I'm in late or then one of us is away or we're working. It's just we don't have any routine. And to, and when you don't have a routine, it's hard to, you know, go with the regular to a fitness class or um, and have that time out or come home and read a book because a lot of my work it, is sort of hobby based as well so I am looking at Instagram all the time for new development ideas and and for me it's trying to maybe have two nights a week where I literally put my phone aside and have a box and, and just don't look at it because mm. if not I will I become a workaholic 
Absolutely. And when you, I know that you, like you said, you travel often. So um, you have this kind of compounded times when you're working really hard and then you have quite significant chunks of time when you're traveling away and yeah. not really connected to, to everything. Do you see different versions of yourself in those two places? Oh, massively. And what's really interesting is, um, and it's a really good time to talk about this because I'm still feeling as we only got back three days ago from being away again. And when we're both away, we both do work. But the beauty is, I don't know, we just both feel so much more relaxed. And we actually feel my mind is cleansed and I'm working with a cleansed mind and I feel fresh and exhilarated and excited. You mean when, you, when you've come back, now you're working on your business again, you mean? Or when you're away? No, when, I'm away. when mm. I work away online, because I have to do the marketing, I still do customer cries, I'm still always delegating work to the rest of my team when I'm away and checking pictures of developments and this, that and the other. So when I am away, I can take my laptop and I can be on my van, I could be outside a beach, I could be in a forest, I could be in a cafe, or just watching the locals go by. And for me... I seem to work better because I'm foc- I'm still focused, but I'm in a nice environment and I haven't got people constantly coming in and talking to me, you know, about this and that and little bits, which takes up my time. And I feel then I can shut down and then I can go off and explore. And I get excited that, you know, if, as long as I get this done, I'll spend a few hours, get it done, because then I want to go off and explore the area that we're in before we move on to the next location. And it's the same for Dave, but as soon as we come back, um, as soon as we're back on Sunday, it's just, it's like 150 things in your head just constantly mangled. Like, I've got this to do, I've got to be here, I've got that, I've got so-and-so to see, um, I've got to fit this in. And my whole day until sort of when it's light or dark is all about who, what I can fit in. Um, and I don't feel like I have as much structure as I give myself when we're actually working when we're traveling, which is crazy. That's really interesting. <laughs> so it's you're yeah. more structured when you're away, right? You, you're choosing yeah. a time. I'm going to work now for two hours and then I'm finished and then I'm going to go and do something else. Yeah, unless we I would rather when we're away um, on an evening um, because we go out for food and that. But gone are the days where I want to be out drinking every night and in a bar and a restaurant. I'd rather be out in the morning early, explore all day, do some fitness, go off and explore. And I would rather maybe go and get my laptop on a night and then work on an evening and have a few days where you don't have a few evenings that you don't and then catch up with whatever work I need to do because then I've got the best of both all the time. So the long-term solution is to move away, which is a plan that's in motion, right? You've mentioned Italy a couple of times can you yeah. tell us what that's all about and how it's come about um we've always um said that we're going to move abroad and a lot of my family have ended up abroad over periods of their life so I think it was inevitable that I was going to end up abroad um and we we didn't know where so we sold the house uh, a year ago now and we had a lovely big house but there's only two of us and I've no desire to have children yet and we just realised, what do we need a big four-bedroom house for? You know, it's just money. And the mortgage, the amount we were paying per month was crazy. So we sold up. Um, we're just renting a friend's tiny little cottage at the moment, which costs peanuts. And the plan was to then just go in the van, travel the whole of this winter just gone, and and work out where in Europe we, we want to base ourselves. Um, but before that, David actually 
found we always sort of want to be near mountains for skiing winter sports and also not far from the beach so it was either like the Pyrenees or France around there and then Dave was sat at home working one day and the place in the sun was only in the background and this county called Abruzzo came up in Italy and it looked fantastic it had everything that we were looking for so five times last year we were back and forth looking at various properties and we looked at about 21 properties in total and when we saw this one it, it was just right for both of us it it fits what we want to do perfectly and yeah we got a little bit overwhelmed so we're nearly in tears with overwhelm <laughs> whilst we were there so it just feels right for both. Um, you know, it's not the best country. It's got its bureaucracy problems and everything else. But for but what we But it's got great want, food and all that love and it. the great wine. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's, and that's all what we all think about. I mean, we had it was such a, such a hard decision. And twice we nearly backed out. This is why it's taken so long. Um, mainly because of, um, obviously, you know, the government at the moment and coming Brexit. out of the Euro Brexit, yeah. that's the one. So yeah, there was there's so much against it. Uh, but no, we're just gonna go with it. And again, if we didn't if we had backed out, I'd have probably regretted it. So it's best to regret what we've done than what we haven't. I'm so excited for you and I'm definitely coming to that one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Freedom Seco Retreat, the first one is going to be in a Brit, so keep, stay tuned. Um, tell me about uh, your partner, Dave. Has this yeah. been a long time coming? Is it something that he jumped at? Have you led on this? How, how does that work? Both of you making such a monumental decision. He, um, Dave set up his um, business, we've been together about 15 years and Dave set up his business about 13 years ago now and it's IT so for him it is constant round the clock 24-7, if something goes wrong at 2 in the morning he could be up all night trying to fix it for a client. So it's very demanding. Um, but he has, over the time, he's gone from two of them, him and his partner, to a team of 12 now. So again, he's got people. But for him, um, he, many years ago, he's had a mindset of, you know, we need to make sure we've got a, a base. We need to get the money in place and, and not just be stuck and living, you know, on nothing really and struggling. And we have done that. And actually looking back, he was right because that's got us to where we are now. And I love the fact that we can be away and work and do both. Um, but for him, it, it wasn't an easy decision back then. And then slowly over time, because my um, business, my career has changed and I have that freedom now in the winter, we just both slowly started traveling more together. And he realized that there is so much more to life. And when you travel a lot, you do meet more people with the same mindset that have actually had successful careers or successful businesses and they've sold everything and they are happier than they've ever been um, and they've gone off and done something else or set up a business. So I think listening to other people that um, inspire you as well has definitely helped um, him a lot. And, yeah, we always said it, it would be the time. And I think from since me setting up camp, he sees what a lovely lifestyle it is to have. Um, and he, he's just sick of IT. You know, IT is demanding. It's a different ball game to what I do. And he would rather come over and, and us just do something together now. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's what he's excited. He's definitely excited. He can't wait to just and, and for him, he will still run his business. 
and uh, his business partner is more than happy for us to be doing what we're doing. So we both are lucky to still actually have our businesses in the UK whilst we combine together, set up another one in Italy. All right. In your when you, when you kind of close your eyes and think about what your life's going to be like when you're there, what what do you see your day? How do you see that panning out? I hope it plans out the way I see it because I never do. <laughs> I never do. This is how I used to plan out and see how camp was, and now it's gone into a beast. <laughs> and, uh, um, for 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 a good six months to a year, we're gonna just you know enjoy ourselves. We don't want to get there and set up straight away and let it become a business. We want to get to know the area and um, still be back and forth looking after the other businesses but we we don't we want to actually enjoy it and get to know everything first and and settle in then we will look um building starting to build the structures in in place and and i just see it where a little just more relaxed um homestay type place it'll be glamping but it will be a homestay whereby we can get up and maybe I'm going to look at doing a yoga course as well so that I can teach yoga in the morning, which gives me my exercise hour, but also it's gifting something to my guests. Um, be able to just go do a work, a day's work. But on an evening, the big thing for us, you know, I'm not bothered about being on the beach every day because I've got work in the day, is that on an evening, on a summer's evening, I could finish work at four o'clock and we can go to the beach and have a pit and be on the beach till eight, nine o'clock at night. You can't do that here. Um, there's just no consistency of the weather and we don't live close enough to the that beach area. And also being getting more involved with our guests and taking them to explore the area is something we're definitely and sit with them and eat with them you know like they do over there really we, we I don't we don't do this here and very rarely if ever do I sit with my guests and eat with them on camp you need a really long table don't you oh yeah we've got <laughs> under a big tree <laughs> in the container waiting to go oh perfect <laughs> Perfect. And when you think about all of that, I mean, that sounds dreamy. Obviously, there's lots of things that have to happen to, to make that your daily reality. Yeah. Do, you, do you, are there things that you're worried about as you look ahead to this new life? Yeah, Matt, um, definitely. One is we both worry about the fact of working together because it can be challenging even when Dave comes to help on camp um, because your relationship takes a different path really when you are becoming working together and for me it's my I've already been in this industry long and and it more involved so um there will be a lot of snappiness and and the whole you know meeting and it's a whole new lifestyle not having friends on the doorstep we're not that far away there's flights every day that are cheap enough but just having that support network that when you want to go off and cool off and go and see your friends and stuff that you, you can do, we, we won't have any of that for quite a while. The biggest challenges are obviously the language, which we really need to learn fast. Um, and the whole setup, the bureaucracy, and you know, how are the locals going to accept us? How are they going to accept the business? Are they going to work with us or against us? Um, the, the the planning laws and everything over there are really challenging. So what we might what we think could take a year could potentially take two years. But um, this has been quite a, an advantage now that I'm not giving up my other camp and our other businesses. Is that we don't have to worry because we will still have 
our businesses in the UK that which we're running anyway. So if it takes a year, to, it takes two years or three years, that's fine. Italy will be our home, whether you know we're here there or not all the time. Um, we, we're just going to have to ride it out and see. We're not. We're, we're very lucky. We're not in a position where we have to set up in six months to be able to give ourselves an income. We won't have a mortgage there, which is the, a massive benefit because the properties are just so much cheaper. Um, so we're in a completely different situation. We, but we would not be able to do what we're doing here because we would we'd need a million pounds to get that what we've bought over there to buy here. And and it's not the the property we've bought there is the same price as a terraced house with no drive or garden in in North Yorkshire. Oh my goodness. And it, yeah. And wow. and to buy what we've bought there here would be a million pounds more. So that's where that's you know sometimes you have to go to a different country to have that. But it's more. it's a really really interesting thing to think about because I think so often we get restricted by the price of things thinking we can't do everything because I'm never going to have enough money to do that and actually that one big but fairly simple decision to go and try it in a different country changes everything yeah completely and and that's and for us we've always loved being away and we have it doesn't bother us about living in another country and people say well if you would you come back probably unless somebody is ill or we need to come back to live I personally can't see myself coming back well we'll move on but I personally can't see myself unless I have to or health tells me I need to we'll end up moving somewhere else again after Italy um because we both have that desire to do so I'm I'm just so excited to see what how it all turns out for you and knowing those things are are coming no like being very very aware of what is going to be a challenge you know that uh-huh. like, can be scary but also is the single best way to find a way to deal with them right like thinking okay I'm not gonna have any friends what's my plan you know how am I going to go and meet those people so are you trying to think about the answers as well as the questions before you get out there oh or you just- yeah I've, I've been researching so I've already found a salsa dance class because that's something I've wanted to do here for a while but because of where we live it's always in the cities which is an hour's drive away there it's literally 15 minutes drive away um yoga beach yoga sutboard yoga um and there's we like water sports so we've already been and um, checked out the local water sports schools and and um stuff like that so again dave can meet and also like a motorbike club online so we're already following them on instagram and stuff we're already commenting on stuff um so the social media yeah i'm already sort of getting in there um, before we're there so that I can pop in and go oh yeah you know college and, and that's and going to just local gyms and 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 taking any opportunities when people invite you uh, to to go and see them and there's a lot of Dutch out there there's quite a few English there's a lot of Germans and, and a lot of them speak great English so I think there's definitely a community that we will get together with over time as well um, but equally, I don't want to be so busy socialising because I don't want to get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> Come back in two years. Have you have you built that wall yet? No, no, but I'm really good at salsa yeah. dancing. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite, and sometimes you just want to do your own time. That's the thing here, you know, when you have a big circle of friends and family and the same few and everybody lives all over the place, when you have the free time, you don't feel like you've got to be off visiting or you accept an invitation that actually I think now I just rather I want to just do my own thing sometimes whether that's read a book go out on my bike and I think too often 
we are concerned about um, satisfying everybody else and, and not ourselves. And that's something I've learned recently is don't say yes to everything. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting you're putting yourself in a place where it's a lot easier to say yes to yourself because you've kind of taken yourself away from some of those distractions and maybe they'll be more meaningful when you make the time to see the people again because you know you'll be traveling to stay with them and all of that so and you got more quality time that's the thing we've already got people booked over to come (laughs) (laughs) I'm every weekend I'm sure I'm sure well it's it's so inspiring and invigorating to see the way that you just kind of run at life you know that you're really realistic you know that things aren't going to be necessarily be easy but you you make the hard decisions and you see them through and you always have this kind of infectious energy it's amazing and I know that you're going to make this thing (laughs) but really you just I mean this isn't this is audio so people can't see but I'm looking at Kerry here and every time every 10 seconds she's throwing her head back laughing and she's got (laughs) shiny cheeks and from all the smiling and I think it's just a brilliant way to to approach life you know you've made these things possible for yourself it would have been a lot easier to stew back on that day that you got made redundant or to just take another job because you were scared and yeah. and you've just done the hard things and and look where it's taken you to Italy That's goodness it. me I, know. <laughs> I, have ever thought another... I do pinch myself thinking oh my god you know two businesses out and then my friend says so when are you going to have your third and I think oh god no I, I could never have imagined it's, it's something I always wanted and I've always dreamt of but I don't sometimes I never imagined that I'd actually be able to success because you do doubt yourself can you do it can you run it and this is the thing with running too you know can I do it and then I think well do you know what other people do it some people have 20 hotels around the world they manage to do it so why can't I yeah and I think the thing about you is that it's not just about building to be bigger is it you're very much about creating the life that you want to be living which is so so important before we go I just want to ask you what does freedom mean to you um, just not having your wings clipped, just being able to do what you want to do, what makes you happy, um, and exploring, exploring different avenues. You know, if, if you if you don't explore and if you don't take the risks and if you don't take the good with the bad, then you've not really been free because you've trapped yourself into a box of, oh, I don't do this or what ifs all the time. And I think by just exploring life, really, there's always going to be knockbacks. There's always going to be people that are negative. Um, but you just have to shut it off and, and you have to have that true belief in yourself. And I, I think that allows you then to just be free and, um, and, and you know, sod the rest that, that, that just think that you can't ever do it or think it's impossible. It drives me insane when... You meet people that oh I can't I can't do this I couldn't do it. oh you have so, I wish I had your life and I think but you could you've taken a path and you choose your path granted if you've got health problems and the rest of it then that is different but if somebody's fully healthy and they're not in massive massive amounts of debt why can't they why can't they do it it's just they're too scared to. And and some people, I think, need the inspiration from people like you because, you know, not everyone is surrounded by people who think that. If you're surrounded by people who tell you it's hard and they're people that you respect and love, you're probably going to listen to them. So I think a combination of hearing stories like yours and also listening more to ourselves can make a really Massively. big difference. 
yeah they do and and we have the same and that's probably with like when we've gone back earlier um in our discussion is about dave you know coming more over to my way of thinking now and that life's not all about working and slogging away for materialistic stuff um that the care home might take off you anyway in 50 years time you know so it's we the more you we meet other people it's inspiring and that inspiration just gives you that massive energy and boost to just grab I just get that fire in my belly to to go for it and and just yeah just just be even if you've got children or tight there's always a way somewhere um if you allow yourself to to be free and explore it absolutely well thank you for blazing a trail and for sharing your story with us today Kerry it's always a pleasure to talk to you not a problem thank you so that's it for this time on the Freedom Seeker Chronicles with me your host Beth Kempton I was in conversation with Kerry Roy, owner of Camp Katur, who's featured in my book, Freedom Seeker. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll take what you've heard and use it to inspire your own journey of freedom seeking. I'd love to know what resonated with you and what bold moves you're making as a result. So please share on social media. I'm at Beth Kempton on Instagram or at Do What You Love XX everywhere else. And be sure to check out my website, bethkempton.com, for more tools and resources to support your adventures. If you haven't yet read my book, the full title is Freedom Seeker, Live More, Worry Less, Do What You Love, and it's published by Hay House. Treat yourself to a copy today. It might just change life. So until next time, fly free, my friend. Fly free.